Hey Jake, I like video games. Well hey there Tony, I like video games too. Welcome to Hey I Like That Game! Yeah, uh, special double header episode. Yeah, I know, d- double feature episode, first time. Uh, so, this should be exciting to, to jump into two games, like two relatively short games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be able to kind of knock out a ton of content here. It's been a while, kind of a a long break here for, for Jake and I. We've been kind of working on some stuff behind the scenes and basically, we used to be hosted on a channel, the Be Real Podcast uh, Network. Uh, but these days, we have broken ourselves onto our own feed, and we're going to kind of kind of do our own thing. I mean, if you're listening to this, you you already know. But uh, in the future, please look up on your favorite uh, podcasting network. Hey, I like that game. Uh, you should be able to find us uh, through those means, and you can subscribe directly to our show um, without having to wade through a bunch of movie reviews and other stuff. Exactly. Get all the content you really crave immediately. Right, exactly. You can, Well, the the big thing for me is that you know our, our fan uh, will be able to see exactly when uh, we drop new content. So whether that's, uh, you know, every couple of weeks or every couple of months, you know, you won't have to wait and see uh, through a bunch of other podcasts. You can, you can kind of just see when we put out stuff. Um, we're also going to try to be more active on social media. We have a Facebook page that we'd love you guys to go out and like right now and follow. Uh, you just have to search, hey, I like that game. Uh, that should uh, go up. If that doesn't show up, just add podcasts to the end of it, uh, and that'll get us to uh, our page. So we're going to be posting our episodes there and uh, you know try to communicate with our fan base via those means uh, as well. Absolutely. It's exciting news. Right. The only thing that's been a bit of a pain in the butt is uh, getting on iTunes. So if you're listening uh, via iTunes, uh, I will be posting or trying to listen on iTunes. I will be posting our direct RSS feed on the podcast or on the podcast Facebook page. Uh, So all you have to do is take that link, paste it into your iTunes uh, and you can and you can subscribe directly to our RSS that way, but if you wanted to go through the iTunes Store, uh, we're not up there yet. So uh, bear with us on that front, but uh, we'll be up there soon, promise. So Jake, um, what have you been playing outside of our you know main entree of video games since we've gotten together? Well, I recently picked myself up a brand spanking new PlayStation Four. Ooh. Fun time. So I've been playing a bunch of God of War on that one, the new God of War, which is oh. so fun. I you like it. That game is I I love that game so far. I um played a little bit of the previous God of War games and they were never really as compelling to me, but this one really has a good flow to it. The combat system I think is great and uh yeah, it's been it's been uh a good good fun game to play so far i'll be really intrigued uh to see like we should touch base on this again next episode because you you remember when i uh talked about it in the i think it was the last episode i talked about it a little bit and said that it was it was really really good but not nearly as good as what i think uh other people are saying about it so i'll be curious mm-hmm. to get your take maybe we'll do an episode like a uh, God of War retrospective episode or something. Ooh, um, yeah, that would that, be fun. Because I would love to talk cool. about this game some more, especially once I finished it. Right, right. Anyways, what else have you been playing? Uh, so I got the PlayStation Plus, like the trial membership of that, and came with uh-huh. XCOM 2. 
And right. I love me some turn-based strategy games. So I've been playing. I've been playing that. It's all right. I think I preferred XCOM one more uh, with the mechanics and just how things work. Uh, those two games, uh, and especially with the second one, there's like a big feeling of kind of randomness to it because. Basically, once you move far enough into the fog of war to expose an enemy, then they become active and will, like, move into cover and everything. And if you kind of accidentally stumble into that before you're prepared for it, it can really mess with your strategy and, like, just cause you a lot of losses and you have to reload a save. So that's still present in two, I think, more so than one, um, which is really my biggest issue. But all in all, pretty, pretty solid strategy games. Nice, nice. Yeah, I haven't downloaded that one yet because... I, like as you know, like I'm not a really big strategy game guy, but I played a little bit of XCOM One and I liked it. But it's you know those are not my forte. But I, I've heard good things about XCOM, XCOM Two, so I mean if it's free on PlayStation Plus, it might be worth just getting you know for shits and giggles. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, but what have you been playing? So um, I've been you know obviously uh, digging into Heroes of the Storm quite a bit. I've been trying to really rank up in that game and take it a little bit more seriously as of late. Um, to yeah. to no avail whatsoever. I still am very bad at the game. <laughs> um, but outside of you know my my main game heroes, uh, I I've been playing a lot of this little indie game. It's called Wizards of Legend. So Wizards of Legend is a top down like beat 'em up game that has uh, you play a top down beat 'em up uh, roguelike. So. Uh, the way it works is when you start the game, you are a wizard, and you are given four abilities that map to you know whatever buttons you'd like. You can remap it to whatever. And you're given a basic attack, a dash attack, a special, and a signature move. So huh. basic attacks are like obviously like you can use them over and over again. No cooldown really on that. Dash attacks have a bunch of different qualities to them so like one will be uh you know and they're all basic to different elements right so there's like fire water earth electric uh wind uh so like for example a dash attack in water there's one that is when you dash you leave an after image that's uh, a version of yourself but in ice and if an enemy touches it they freeze but still within the water element that if you dash forward you shoot out a uh, ball of water that will be like a projectile right in front of you. Okay. Um, so very interesting mix of, of different things. Like your your special attack will be either like a big or like a big special like flame breath or a giant tornado. Or you can make a uh, elemental agent that will stay on the field with you and fight with you for a short amount of time. Um, and then your signature move will be... Another move that's kind of like your special, but it's tied to a, a special meter. So the more damage you do in quick succession builds up this meter. And then you, uh, when it fills, you do your signature attack, which is a bigger version of it. Like my favorite is f- uh, Flame Breath, which normally Flame Breath is a really fast, right in front of you, big ball of fire that comes out of your mouth. Um, yeah. that, that burns enemies and it has some good knockback. The signature version of that will shoot fire around your entire person, and then uh, you'll be breathing fire for, like, two seconds, and you can control uh, where the fire goes. So you can do it around in a circle, or if the enemy right in front of you dies, you can move it off to another direction to take somebody else out. Oh, um, though. So it's... You start a level with uh, four moves, you know, your basic uh, dash, 
special and signature. But uh-huh. you know, like most roguelikes, you you build up while you're on a run, and uh, you know get gold within your run, so you can spend gold while you're within the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's another currency that's like crystals that that builds up, so you can buy more things before you go into the dungeon. But you know, on top of those four moves that you bring into a dungeon, there's different wardrobes you can wear that give you different abilities. There's different relics you can equip that give you different buffs. And then as you're in the dungeon, you can buy more of those things. So you can buy multiple relics to get like stacking buffs. You can buy upgraded versions of your current magics or more magics if you'd like so you can have up to six in a single run it's very very fun very very challenging as you progress through there's a mixture of three different bosses that you fight and you know random order depending on your run they mix it up and every time you defeat a boss uh, you'll get another spell power that you can either uh, take with you or, or or leave behind depending on what you know what you would like but they get harder as you progress through. So let's say you fight the, the, the earth boss in the, like the first position you know, at, at, at room 1-3. You lose, you load it back up again. If you fight the earth boss in the second position, so in 2-3 instead of 1-3, uh, he will be harder and a little bit different in terms of his attack pattern. So once you learn a boss, it's, it's not like... You have figured it out completely. As you go through the levels, they get harder and harder as well. Yeah, sort of like tiered bosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a really, really fascinating game. I'm playing it on Switch. It's a really, really good commute game because you can kind of get through one run on about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on how good you're doing. You know, obviously you mm-hmm. can die on the first level and you know play for five minutes. But right, I've made it to the level three, three boss, and it's. The way runs work is you, you play through two two stages, then a boss, two stages, then a boss, so on and so forth. There's three different bosses. When you make it to level 4-1, uh, that is like the final boss, and I haven't made it there yet. But it's it's super fun. It's also local player uh, co-op. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so it's actually really, really fun in that, in that mode. I can't recommend this game enough. It's super duper fun. Jake, I think you would absolutely love this game. Yeah, it sounds um, like a good time. Yeah, yeah. It, like if you liked a game like Enter the Gungeon or Binding of Isaac, this is a um, faster-paced version of that kind of game um, that you can play co-op. So it's it's really really fun. Highly suggest it. It's called Wizard of Legend. Uh, it's out on pr- basically every platform right now. But again, I'm playing it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, definitely highly recommend that. Sounds cool. It's a stupid name, though. It's a dumb name for a game. Fucking terrible, <laughs> terrible name. And, like, some of the enemies look kind of dumb. Like, there, there's some concessions with this game for sure. But in terms of, like, raw mechanics and, like, playability, like, the gameplay feels really, really smooth. Really good. The game has some jank and some bullshit to it at times. But, you know, most procedurally generated games, like, like most roguelikes are... Come mm-hmm. with that stuff. So oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's kind of part of it. But, like, if you have a buddy that you love playing video games with and you can sit down on a couch and, like, do an extended session, this is, like, the perfect game for that. Like, I absolutely love the game for 
you know, just hanging out with your bro and, and, and playing through, um, seeing how far you can get. It's it's really fun. So, should we talk about our first game today? Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, yeah, let's talk about Guitar Hero Guitar 2. Guitar our first listener request. Yeah, which is super exciting. Really good request, by the way. Definitely shout out to our viewer uh, that suggested that. Uh, this is Absolutely, yeah. This is a, a really cool game. I'm glad this was brought up. Uh, it was fun to pick this up again. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. I mean, like, when did this game came out? It, it came out what oh uh, six, I think. Right, and that's kind of when the the Guitar Hero craze was really hitting its stride. I mean, it it I think maximized at Guitar Hero three and maybe like Rock Band because those two sold much higher. But I think it really became more like more famous and more an actual fad when uh, Guitar Hero two hit. This was the one that really made me take notice because like i never played guitar hero one i don't even know the songs in that game um i remember my really good friend rob had guitar hero 2 and he's like dude you gotta try this and i remember seeing the track list and like playing it a little bit i'm like dude this is really good and then i finally jumped on guitar hero 3 and and played a bunch of them since then but this is the first time i actually sat down and played through a bunch of it um Mm -hmm. it's really fun it's super fun yeah, yeah. So how did you – did you uh, have a copy at home? I know there's um, a bar back in Seattle like we would go to a lot that had Guitar Hero. Did you play it there? So get this. Uh, I was supposed to play it <laughs> at the bar uh, at Vidiot in Seattle. Uh, if, if we have any Seattleites listening to the show, Vidiot in West Seattle is like super fun place to go play games. So I was supposed to go play it there. Uh, all of my plans kind of fell apart to do that. So what it ended up doing was – I played it on emulator on my PC using my keyboard as the guitar, which was which was like a really fucking weird way to play this game. But it was actually kind of interesting because uh-huh. um, I have so much muscle memory from Guitar Hero in general that I feel like if I was gonna play this game, you know, just what like if I went out and got went out and bought a guitar and played on PS2 and, and and did that whole thing, I feel like I would run through this game really fast but because i had to learn a new input method it really mm-hmm. made me sit down and think about it you know like i had right. to kind of relearn how to play this game and i, I ended up liking liking it a lot obviously i would always pick playing the guitar uh controller over the way that i did it but it, this was a fascinating way to do it uh, i'm assuming you played it uh with a full guitar the whole setup right i did yeah i uh found old used uh, xbox 360 guitar at a local uh video game store here in manhattan and i found a copy of guitar hero 2 that was uh so badly scratched the owner said he would feel bad charging me for it so i got it for free what? and it worked it worked well so i was able to actually get away with just having to buy the controller itself but it is it is a transformative or transporting experience just like this is really one of those games that just like brings you in with nostalgia for sure time and place game for sure oh yeah and uh the whammy bar on the controller i got is broken and the activating star power where you kind of like lean the neck of the guitar up doesn't work that way it's basically like kind of like a strong lean back with my left shoulder would activate it so sometimes i would accidentally activate it (laughs) and then when i wanted to sometimes i really couldn't nail it but by the by, it's uh, it's really fun to play this again. I remember why this got huge because it's just a blast. 
You know the the thing that that really brought me back and like really I really enjoyed it was like the simplicity of this game. So like I was saying before, I jumped on the Guitar Hero bandwagon like Guitar Hero three like World Tour time frame where they started bringing in the drums. They started making like the crazy solos and like I remember the one of the guitars I had had like the special touchpad near the uh, base of the neck of the guitar. Oh yeah, I remember when yeah. they implemented that. Yeah, yeah, so you could do, like, the touch instead of having actual buttons, and you could, like, pull notes and stuff like that. Like, it was, like, needlessly complicated. This game was nice and simple. Like, you got, what, you got five buttons, a whammy bar, and, and your string, and that's it. You know, like, there's star power, and you could hold notes and, and, and you know, distort it with the whammy bar, but, that, but that's really it. You know, it's just pure playing the song and, and feeling kind of the note path. It, it was nice. It, it was nice to have a, a simpler version of this game. Yeah. It's beautiful in the simplicity. Yeah, for sure. And, like, the thing that I completely forgot, or I guess maybe not completely forgot, the thing that I didn't know about this version of the game is that there's a lot of options to this game. Like, I, when I was first messing around with my keyboard setup to try to figure out what my layout was, because there was a lot of, like, okay, what do the actual buttons... Because I had to map it to a controller, which mapped to my keyboard, which doesn't map one-to-one with a guitar. So I had to do a lot of troubleshooting. So I went into training. There's a ton of options in the training mode. You know, like, you can yeah. start at specific points in a song. You'd be like, oh, I want to play the chorus, or I want to play the bridge, or I want to play the first, you know, the first verse of this song. You could break it down that fine and really oh, get... Really? Yeah, it was it was really fast. I never knew that you could do like that I remember and, you could slow down the part like the song and be able to like practice like hard solos at half speed. So I guess it does make sense that you could just kind of dive in pretty much wherever you want in the song. I yeah. never really dabbled in practice mode. I would I remember when this game was again big and I played so much more of it. I would dig into that, but this playthrough I didn't do that. So yeah, that's kind of neat, right? Like I. I was the same way. Like when I when I was playing this game a ton, I would just just sit down, play through career, try to unlock all the songs, and then try to go back and like five star everything, right? But this was interesting because it forced me to kind of go through the menus, and again, like I had to relearn how to do it, and it it opened my eyes to like, wow, they actually put a lot of time and effort into making this a, a complete package. It, it was really cool, like. You know, this game has a lot of needless things, too. I mean, like, buying new guitars and buying new characters and stuff like that, like, doesn't really do anything towards the game whatsoever. But, like, it gives you stuff, gives you reasons to play the game more, right? So like, Right, like, stuff that you would have to buy with, like, real money currency these days were unlockables. And it was, like, a sign of progress, and it was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. One thing that jumped out to me right away with this game that, like, I completely forgot about. This game has only a handful of master recordings most of them yeah most, i forgot about that too you take for granted because like when i used to play this game a ton like at that point guitar hero was a world sensation so they were able to get the masters but this is like the start of it so i'm counting on the website one two three four four masters on the entire roster and two of those are xbox 360 exclusives um, so the PS2, mm. the version that I played, only had two master recordings, which is crazy. Yeah. But 
how would you rate the the quality of the you know quote unquote covers of these songs? Like we, they were pretty good, right? Yeah, they're pretty solid covers. The one I always think back to is um, "Carry On My Wayward Son." Yep. Like that's a pretty solid cover of that song, and like it never really gets too distracting. I think mostly because this doesn't have as many huge hits on it, so there's no real songs aren't going to be noticeable if it's not the master recording. I can't even think of, like, any examples other than maybe, like, Benny and the Jets, where the master recording for that has, like, the crowd in the background and everything. Like, a cover would be kind of distracting, because that's not with it. Right. But there's nothing huge like that. I, I find it interesting that you said this this one doesn't have a lot of hits on it, because, honestly, so I went back through and I looked at some of the other Guitar Hero uh, track lists. This one's mm-hmm. one of the best all-around track lists here. I mean... Yeah, you think? I, I think so. Like, if, if you're... Even when you're starting the game out, like, the very first... Like, the first tier of songs that you have to play through in career mode. Shout at the Devil by Motley Crue. Fucking classic. Mother by Danzig. Probably not a classic, but, like, if you know Danzig, like, that's, like, the song. That's the Danzig song. Cheap Trick Surrender. Absolute classic. Wolf Mother Woman is, like... a incredible song i absolutely love that song and those are just the first four you play through and then you have a spinal tap song as the encore tonight you're gonna rock you tonight oh man (laughs) it's it's so good it's so good message in a bottle by the police come on now man that one's uh, okay i it does start very strong but like okay one message in the bottle gets real repetitive to play yeah yeah I, i i like the song it's a solid song I really like the song War Pigs, but that's oh. another one that's not as fun to play. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an awesome Black Sabbath song for sure. But, like, okay, so they have a song here by the Butthole Surfers, Who Was In My Room Last Night, and it's, like, to anybody else, that would be like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, why is this in Guitar Hero? So That's what I'm thinking right now. Right. <laughs> so... When I was a little bit younger, my brother had a Butthole Surfers uh, album, and I remember the album that this song was on. My brother had it, and I remember seeing it, and I was like, "The Butthole Surfers," and I'm like a young kid, right? Like <laughs> the Butthole, like that song was 1993, so like I'm like what seven years old, six years, seven years old, something like that, like real young. And I'm giggling at the fact the band is called Butthole Surfers. And I remember hearing this song before playing it. And it was one of those things that, like, I'm playing the song. I'm like, what is this? Like, I know this song. And it was very nostalgic. It took me It took me back. But then, like, songs like Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses, Killing in the Name Oh, yeah, Name that's probably, of. like, the biggest hit, I think, is Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, yeah, it, that's definitely up there. Like, Sweet Child of Mine, Killing in the Name of, Gun, uh, Rage Against the Machine, that's a big one. I also really, really like y, uh, YYZ by Rush, but that's just because I'm a fucking Rush fan. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, Oh, that's a fun one, too. Yeah. I think, like, there are definitely good songs, and we're going through a lot of them, but for every one that we're listening, there's another four mediocre songs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could do without warrant cherry pie you know like that's not a i don't think of that song as a guitar song you know like that that was a music video from the you know from the early 90s that wasn't a a great guitar song and like monkey wrench by foo fighters is on this as well and like when i think back on like 
awesome Foo Fighter songs, Monkey Wrench is not the first one that comes to mind. They rectify that in, in uh, further Guitar Hero versions, but like, yeah, for like this one, it's like that's that's not the song I would choose. But man, I I honestly think out of all of the Guitar Heroes, you know, that don't have a bunch of DLC, right? Like DLC aside, right. I think this this is a really really solid group of songs. Yeah, I think so too. And mm-hmm. it's fun. I mean, even if the songs aren't fantastic, most of them are at least fun to play through. Yeah, there was only a couple of really frustrating songs. And and some of that frustration, at least for me personally, comes from the fact that, like again, I had to relearn how to play a lot of this stuff. I, I couldn't rely on my muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And certain combinations of notes were, were harder than others for me on this. But, I mean, I, you, get, you could say the same thing with the guitar, right? But, you know... The the frustration of playing these songs it only comes from, like, I guess, at least in my opinion, comes from my stubbornness to try to play everything on hard. Instead of bumping it down to medium and knowing it could get through it, I'm like, no, I'm going to do this on hard. Because mm-hmm. when I was in my prime, I could beat the whole game on hard and then do maybe half of the songs on expert. You know, like, there's no fucking way I'd ever be able to play YYZ on expert. Like, I'm not that good. Right. I'm not that good. Yeah. Uh, at this game. Yeah, that's about the same difficulty level I am. Where I can play pretty much everything on hard, mostly no problem, um, and they can do a good amount of the songs on expert, maybe half or so. Yeah. But I feel like I don't want to go through that extra like hurdle of pushing myself to learn how to play everything on expert. Because a lot of the times, I don't know, I don't really have as much fun on expert, because instead of like, playing the song and being able to go for a high score, I always feel like I have to try to survive when I play on expert. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that makes it less engaging. Yes, I completely agree. I think the other thing is that all rhythm games are kind of like this, where you kind of get to a point where some songs play really well on medium, some play really well on hard, and some play really well on expert. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it all depends on the song themselves. And it's not even just that, like, a a hard song, like the Hangar 18 by Megadeth, like... Of course, that's going to be like an expert song, and you'll probably get the most authentic experience playing that on an expert. But you may also get that same feeling for Carry On My Wayward Son by Kansas. You know, like it's. Mm-hmm. But Message in a Bottle, to me, plays best on hard. Like, I tried it on an expert, and it's like, this isn't fun. Like, this is. You're making these repeating patterns of that song which you know it's a pop song right so you're gonna have that that repeating cadence over and over again right mm-hmm. making that needlessly hard on expert is not fun to play anymore and it doesn't right. and it doesn't give you an authentic experience whereas if you played message in a bottle on medium it doesn't even feel like you're playing that song anymore i found myself on a couple of songs playing on medium just to test things out it's like i find myself hitting two or three notes extra because I'm listening to a song, internalizing it, like thinking about how I would actually play this. And I'm playing more notes because that's what the song sounds like. But then medium makes you focus on, I'm just staring at the screen and hitting them as they come at me. I'm not actually playing the song, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I totally agree because there are the songs, like they have their certain actual notes that are occurring in the sound or in the song, and then what's being played on screen is what you need to complete to finish the song. Mm-hmm. And, like, definitely you can notice this on easy and a good amount on medium as well, and even a few instances on hard where, even though you know there are notes, like, you can hear notes occurring, it's not 
asking you to make those inputs, and that's just a way of making it easier. And on some of the songs where that is more noticeable, I agree, it kind of does affect the enjoyment out of it. And then the inverse can happen for songs on Expert, where there's not enough going on to just inherently having playing the notes be difficult enough for Expert, so they just add in bullshit. Yeah, I don't know about you, but the thing that always was the biggest hurdle for me when I started to get to Expert was when they start doing the three-note buttons, where it's like you have to do, like, green... Oh, the three-note chords? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, like uh, a red-green-blue, a red-green-orange. Uh-huh. Stuff like that, it, just, it always tripped me up, and I am the type of player, uh, when it comes to these rhythm games, if I lose... If I lose the thread, right? If I lose the thread of the rhythm by trying to like careen my hand into like a weird position to try to hit that weird three note chord, I lose the beat and then I'm off for the next like six, seven notes. Yeah, it takes some time to recover. Yeah, it really does. It really does. And that's that like that's my struggling with this game. So like there there are some expert tracks in this game in, in all guitar heroes. This isn't just this one in particular. All guitar heroes. It's the nature of the genre, right? When they start throwing more notes at you, it just makes it hard for hard's sake. Not because not to make it more make it more fun. Mm-hmm. And I know the one main difference between especially this one and Guitar Hero three, so there are certain notes where they're lit differently, which basically means you don't have to strum to hit them. You just have to push down the mm-hmm, button mm-hmm. at the right time. So those are the hammer-ons, hammer-ons. and pull-offs. Yep. In this game, you need to press down the button on the neck at the same time the note flashes on the line. But in Guitar Hero 3, you could just hold it down Yeah. In like before, and then once a note finally crossed the line, it would count as a hit if you had the button held down. So the timing didn't matter as much. So that change makes a lot more of like the strings of note sections much easier to hit yes and i miss that function because it makes the solos much more satisfying and it doesn't feel like it makes the game easier but it just enables the player to do more difficult things yeah it's it's really odd where i find myself when i'm playing a difficult solo like trying to improvise a little bit like trying to do a little bit more with it i know we were talking about before the guitar hero world tour when they implemented that touchpad base of the next stuff where you could actually do a little bit of that improvisational stuff and like when you're when you take away a feature that makes it easier to hit notes a little bit it it makes it harder for you to to have more fun with it like that but i I don't know it's they were still learning how to make these type of games at this time. So, like, I, I would never dock them points for something like that. Oh, right, yeah. I mean, it's not, like, a negative. It's just something I missed from the later games. Yeah. And I think Guitar Hero 3 is when they really kind of perfected the formula. And yeah. then after that, just drove it into the ground. And that ensured that nobody would ever want to play these games just because of the girth of versions and games they unleashed. They really shot themselves in the foot with uh, just having two strong of a release schedule and everybody got tired of the fad and it really just fell by the wayside yeah it it definitely feels like a fad like this was like 90s and early early 2000s up until about maybe like 2011 2012 like they had like a good six seven year stretch of like some really really good stuff and then it's it's oversaturation right and and they tried to come back you know just what was it two three years ago 
Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero Live, and then there was another rock, bo- rock band um, to come out, and they, they didn't have any sort of commercial success, and it's like, oh, this was kind of like a flash in the pan. But if, if it wasn't so cumbersome to have all the gear around for Guitar Hero, I absolutely would keep, like, I would love to be able to keep around one guitar and, like, one set of drums to be able to play all of these songs because it's such a fun little party game, you know? Like Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's, it's honestly, I, I would dare to say this is the best party game of all time. It's the best thing. It really could be. It's the best thing to break out with a bunch of your friends that are not gamers. It's the bridge between karaoke and video games, you know? You get your non-gamer friends to sit there. You feel like a rock star at any level. You know, you could have them start on easy and they're still hearing the song and still playing along with it a little bit. If it's not the best party game, it sure as shit is in the top three, in my opinion. You know, I um, completely agree. I think it's a really fun game in that aspect. Yeah, yeah, it's and I, and like I said before, I really really like the track list here. Like I've played a lot of the other ones. This song, this track list has. So many really, really good songs and good artists. I mean, they have Search and Destroy by Iggy Pop and the Stooges on here. Fucking, that's awesome. That's so fucking cool. That that's like the so- weirdest songs. <laughs> I, right? Like, but, but it's like, this song has reverence for rock history. You know, like, this game is, is very much, we want to present the whole body of rock and roll music not just one not just one like sub piece of the genre not just one time frame but it's all they have primus on here like primus is weird as fuck but like <laughs> they have a primus song on here like that's that's really cool one thing i i'll say right now uh, my guilty pleasure song is the my chemical romance dead song and i'm really upset that was oh, that song's really fun to play though yeah I, i'm really upset that i wasn't able to play that game again, or play that song again because that's the 360 version and i was playing ps2 you're like saying oh these are all classic songs and those are the exact songs i would always just want to get right through because okay. i couldn't i didn't want to play them except for dead dead is a very fun song to play i will agree with you there I I really like I like My Chemical Romance is my uh, my guilty pleasure band. For yeah, sure. It, it, I I really really like My Chemical Romance. They do some cool stuff. But like there, I I will firmly defend about ninety five percent of this. Like honestly, looking down the list here, up until and I'm going by like tier. Uh, play through the career mode. About until you get. To about the fifth chapter, the sword Freya. That song is cool, but like I don't really know it very well. But like that's the first band that I'm like, I really don't know who they are. And mm-hmm. I guess, I guess Butthole Surfers and Matthew Sweet, for me, I have kind of odd musical taste, and I knew who they were before before coming into this. So like that's I could write that off as like, okay, some people don't like that. But, I, I mean, like, they have Anthrax on here. Fucking great. Madhouse is a great song. It's like somehow, like, I just know the songs you're going to pick because they're the ones that I just don't like the most. <laughs> what What's your favorite song on here? My favorite song on here? Maybe YYZ. We agree on that one. I really like the song War Pigs, too. Yeah. Like, the most fun to play is probably either Sweet Child of Mine, Carry On My Wayward Son, 
or um, maybe dead. Carry on, my wayward son, is such a fucking classic. Cause like it really is. It's like perfect in this game. Like that kick or that carry on, my wayward son. There'll mm-hmm. be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. It's like boop, you want to fucking, you want to like kick. Like I remember when the first <laughs> time I played this, I wanted to like when that drum comes in, just boom. I want to kick something when when that comes up. It's oh, it's. So I can't good. even tell you how many times like playing this back in the day, like when I had a proper functioning controller. Just like you get so amped, you accidentally will like set off your star power because you're just like getting into it and like throwing the guitar up and like really feeling it it's a super visceral game i love it yeah i I totally a thousand percent agree that's one of the first songs on here that really got me moving like that it's it's one of those classic rock songs that's like you've always wanted to feel like what's it gonna be like on stage in front of all these people playing like this hard rocking song oh so good (laughs) so good all right jake if you had to give this a number of haze out of I like this games, what would you give it? <laughs> don't don't try to force an arbitrary rating system <laughs> onto me. I'm going to continue my... to be the straight man in this terrible running joke we have, okay? <laughs> that's my thing, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a very fun game. I think if you have your guitar hanging around still, it's worth just sitting down or standing up to play again, or picking up a cheap controller somewhere and just having it around. It's a really fun experience, and I just think there are a few flaws here and there that hold it back from being perfect, but it's definitely, definitely like a four... Maybe even four and a half notes out of five. Ooh, I like that. That was, that was really smooth, Jake. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> like I said, I think it's one of the best party games of all time. It's It really kind of captures what it could feel like to be a, a rock star in, in some cases, depending on what level you're playing on, depending on what song you're playing. But it, this is an all-time classic. If you haven't played it yet, you really should. I give this a billion-dollar babies out of a sweet child of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, one of your more coherent ones. Yeah, right? Like, that actually made a ton of sense if you follow how dumb I am. <laughs> <laughs> which, unfortunately, I do. Uh, which I'm sure we'll dig into so much um, when we talk about our next game on this two header after this break. <laughs> We are on a break. And we're back. Hello, everybody. It is now time for us to talk about our second game for this episode, the PlayStation 1 game Mega Man 8. I almost said classic, but I caught myself there because I've played this game. Wait a minute! <laughs> Ooh, right off the bat. <laughs> okay, so I like I like I wear my bias on my sleeve. I really like Mega Man just in general. I've always been kind of a fan ever since I had, ever since I got Mega Man Two for the NES uh, when I was a little youngster. Uh, I've been super into Mega Man ever since. Not like I'm crazy good at the games or anything like that, but the aesthetic of Mega Man, the music, you know, just just all the gameplay of it, you know, it's it's had its ups and downs, that's for sure. But I've at least tried 
pretty much every Mega Man game that's ever came out, save the those crazy RPGs that were for the GBA. Uh, what were those called? Battle Network. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't really <laughs> touched those games. But like basically every other Mega Man game I've played, and I remember really liking this one when I initially got it for the PS One. I, I didn't like play it on the on the Sega Saturn or whatever. I think it came to it was like Sega Saturn. And it might have been Dreamcast or something. I can't I can't remember exactly all the systems it came out on. I remember really liking this game, and it's definitely not as good as I remembered it. <laughs> definitely not. So, I think you've played, like you said, pretty much every main series Mega Man. Where does this stack up in the hierarchy of all of it? Is this, like, upper 50% or lower? This is probably, like, if you're gonna put... I feel like Mega Man has, like, three tiers. If we're if we're talking about, like, everything Mega Man, like, including oh, Mega Man X and Legends... Yeah, can I guess? Uh, yeah! I'd say, like, top tier is the Mega Man X's, followed by, like... Mega Man's like like one through five on the NES, and then else. Kinda like I would say, Mega Man X is even it, and it's a harder downturn than the Mega Man series does. Like you're right, Mega Man one through I think five is even generous. I think like the first the first four are pretty good, and then it starts to meander a little bit. Five, six, seven, I, I don't think are great games. Like. You know, maybe a couple of uh, stages within those games are okay, but, like, overall, those three games suck. I think this game is pretty good, and then Mega Man 9 is, like, very good, and then 10 I didn't really like so much. And then, like, Mega Man X, 1 was amazing, 2 was pretty good, 3 is starting to go, like, eh. Mm-hmm. 4 is a little bit better, but still not great, and then it just, like, falls off a cliff after that. Like, the, the Mega Man Legends games, like, I like those games, but they're, like, so different. They're, like, barely... You can barely call it a Mega Man game because they they play so much differently. But it's you know it's still that same kind of interesting characters and there there's some cool moments in those games. But anyways, I digress. If I had to put this game like if Mega Man's in three tiers, I would put this one squarely in the middle. You know, this is not an upper echelon of Mega Man games, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely not the worst. Like I was playing some Mega Man Seven a little bit last week. Uh, just to kind of, because I barely have played that one, and that yeah. game sucks. <laughs> that game sucks. I guess. Um, yeah, I guess I could play that too now because I got, I bought this on the um, Mega Man Legacy Two collection for the PS4, brand spanking new PS4. If if my talk so far has been given it away, I have played so little Mega Man. I remember when I was younger, my friend had a NES and he had Mega Man Two, I believe, and we would play it for like maybe. 10, 15 minutes here or there, and then we would get bored and like want to play Double Dragon or something like that. Huh. And then I recently played Mega Man 2 a bit on the 3DS Virtual Console, but just uh-huh. didn't grab me. I played maybe an hour of that game total. And then I played this, nearly to completion, which we will get to, but this is the most of any Mega Man game I've ever played. Wow, that's, that's interesting, because I would have thought you would have really liked Mega Man, because... You know, these games are are known for their difficulty in certain mm-hmm. aspects. Like, it's not it's not Dark Souls hard, I, I wouldn't say, but it's it's not far off from that. You know, there's a lot of points that really demand tight execution. Sometimes there's cheap mechanics in there, which I guess that's not necessarily a hallmark of the Dark Souls games that you like so much, but, you know, it definitely comes up. So I would have thought this would have been something right up your alley. Well, here's the thing with Mega Man. 
It's not difficult, it's bullshit. <laughs> Every time you die in Mega Man, you feel like the game has robbed you of something, because almost all the difficulty in Mega Man comes from extremely difficult platforming over insta-kill obstacles or uh, pits. So... Every time you die, it's because you fell into something that kills you immediately, or you were killed by one of the bosses. The bosses are pretty fun. I'll give it that. I enjoyed all the bosses I played against this game. But all the frustration just comes from, God damn it, I didn't nail it, or this platform disappeared before I could jump off of it, or didn't appear fast enough, so I fell straight to the ground, and it's just, that's all the death. It's all bullshit. That's where its difficulty is, and it frustrates me to no end, because I feel like each death isn't earned in the same way that other difficult games give that feeling i agree to a certain extent i think some of the challenge in the platforming is interesting to me but like you're right there's not enough setups where you can fail at a platforming section and try it again right away so much of that is oh you missed this really tight window of a jump that you you literally have to jump at the one of the very last pixels of a ledge to make it to the next one. If you don't make it up, oh, you're just dead. Yeah. Start back from the last checkpoint and do it all over. I think a really, really good example of that is on the uh, the Frostman stage uh, when you're on the like the surfboard oh, type thing and you're and, and you're sliding Christ. through that. And, uh, <laughs> it, it's I remember distinctly as a kid playing through that level and getting so frustrated because it's not that it's difficult; it's that there's a couple of jumps that are kind of bullshit mm-hmm. and everything's moving so fast and it's like, okay, the first, let's say, three segments of this this part where you have to kind of jump over a ledge or duck underneath this, you know. Right. They're and easy. They'll go, and they'll go they'll go back and forth between that. Like if you've played the Lion King game for uh, the Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo, it's it's kinda like that Akuna Matata. Uh, no, I just wanna be king level, where you have to duck or you have to jump over. It's the same sort of concept, right? But the second-to-last or last segment within one of those sections is usually very, very difficult, but you hardly ever get to it to practice that piece. So it just makes it really hard. So like when you finally make it through that really difficult section, you're like, yes, I did it. Oh, there's one more section, and I died on the first one because it's moving so fast at this point. You had no idea it was coming. It's like, well, fuck, that part sucks. That, oh, yeah. That part definitely sucks. And I will say... Uh, I also played this on the Anniversary Collection 2 for my Switch, and that game does a really good job of, you know, they put in save states, quote-unquote, but not start you the exact frame where you saved it. It's at a, a relatively generous checkpoint system, and you'll never have to go through, oh, I ran out of lives, so I have to redo this entire stage again. You can reload those checkpoints and and play through again so you can kind of get at the hard parts faster which is a welcome change yeah honestly as a kid that was the the hardest thing for me i never beat this game as a kid because i i would just get frustrated and move away yeah uh, absolutely and i do like uh, it's the same way for the ps4 version with the kind of like quasi save states i do like that they do that because it's made uh basically kind of like a shorthand to modernize it without like kind of feeling like you're cheating with the save states. Yeah, yeah. It's it's honestly uh it's the this is definitely the ideal way to play Mega Man and it's you know timing that we did this episode because every Mega Man game, all the mainline Mega Man games I should say, are now available for the Switch. And I know uh the Mega Man X collections are coming out soon too. So that will have kind of the same setup. 
So, you know, Mega Man will be coming back and in its best form yet, so so that's great. Let's get into the nitty-gritty of this game. So you said you don't really like a lot of the levels are kind of bullshit, but did you have any sort of, any of the levels that stuck out to you that you really liked? Oh, yeah, so I got, like, all my notes on all the different levels. I think the level I most enjoyed, for sure, uh, in total, was Aquaman. So he's got an underwater section for part of it, and as I learned from my research in this, this game is novel in that Mega Man can swim. So there's, like, a bit of a underwater swimming part, and the swimming controls are actually fairly tight for this kind of, like, generation of gaming. And they never really became a, a hassle. So it allows for, like, kind of some cool verticality in the combat. And then in the later, oh, also that game has that level has a really cool mini boss. So what happens is you like go in front of this waterfall, the bridge crashes from under you, and then you're like fighting this like fish robot that pops out of the waterfall, and there's these logs that are falling with you that you can jump on or you can just free fall. That's a really mm-hmm. cool mini boss. That one was a whole yeah. lot of fun. It brought me back to um Gunstar Hero flashbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that is a really good stage. I'm glad you mm-hmm. brought that one up. Yeah. Um, I I also really like I like Swordman's level a lot. Swordman's um, cool. That's he's got the one with like the four branching paths you have to unlock, right? Yes, yes, yes. So just just so everyone knows, kind of the way that Mega Man is typically set up is you go through like a a, t- a tutorial level or not, depending on which Mega Man you're playing. Um, but then you get to a level select screen that has each individual boss like you know in this case it's like sword man astro man clown man search man you know who whatever robot clown bo- man boss. <laughs> yeah i i kind of like clown man uh so it'll give you all the bosses that you can choose uh in whatever order you want to tackle the game and then once you defeat a robot master you get their power and that power will be there'll be another robot master that has uh, a weakness to that so once you kind of figure out the weaknesses, you can plan your route through the game uh, thusly. But something interesting that this game does is it breaks up it breaks up the levels into two distinct phases. Mm-hmm. First phase where you have you fight four you only have a choice of four bosses, and then once you defeat those four bosses, you have kind of a, a kind of middle chapter level, and then you are given four more bosses you can fight against. So what that does is it opens up gameplay abilities for the for that second phase of levels because the game knows that you have the four powers from the previous phase. You know, so you'll have uh, in the first phase you fight Tengu Man, you fight Clown Man, you fight Frost Man, and you fight Grenade Man. So you know right. you have those four powers. So in the next phase of levels, it's like, okay, you have Tornado Hold from Tengu Man, which is like this this uh, air blade that you put on the ground and then it lets you kind of rise up with it. So it's like, oh, now you can access ledges or something that you couldn't right. normally Higher have. Right, higher sections. Right, right. Or, or you have a flash bomb from Grenade Man and you're able to break bricks that you weren't able to break before. The cool thing about Sword Man's uh, level, like you alluded to, Jake, is that there's a branching pathway section where there's four different paths you can go on. Each individual room has its own kind of puzzle and you typically have to use a ability for each one of those rooms to kind of break the puzzle to, to move on through it. And I thought that was like a, a, an interesting little flexing of, uh, of gameplay there. You know, it, yeah. it, makes you think, it makes you think about the levels a little bit differently. What I really enjoy about this game in general is since the levels are set up with knowing that you have certain abilities uh, already unlocked, 
it adds those uh, mechanics into the level design. Like, it knows, the game knows that you have beaten Clown Man already, so you have Thunderclaw, which is a kind of electric lasso, so you can use that to grapple onto these specific points and swing from it. It adds new mechanics to the levels, which varies up what you can do in that said level, which I think is really smart, and it, and it makes for kind of an uneven balance in the Robot Masters. I really feel like this game gets stronger in its second half than it is in its first. But yeah, like Swordman has an awesome level and like a really unique art style to it, almost like Mayan ruins kind right. of look to it, uh, which is really dope. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you with the second half of this game feeling a lot better. Uh, the first four stages, especially the platforming, feels really like kind of just like clunky and slow he doesn't have a lot of mobility options so there's not a whole lot they can do with the platforming other than jump here this is as far as he can jump so you gotta fit into that framing as far as the mechanics but when it does open up and you can do the uh like hover up and use the whip to swing across things it really opens up multiple solutions to different obstacles as well so the second half of the game is much better and i like that it's done that and it really shows kind of Mega Man how it has evolved since the first, I guess, previous eight or nine games that they had before they got here. Because I don't know. I don't know. How many... Mega Man has more games than Final Fantasy. I can never keep track which one's where. Yeah. yeah it makes sense they're... that it ha- Mega Man is a classic franchise because I, sa- I see flashes of that kind of brilliance and that fun level design and sort of gameplay scenario. But I don't know. I'm not sure if it's for me. Yeah, it's... I definitely see why not everyone loves Mega Man, but like I, I'm one of those people that really, really enjoy this franchise and, and and will typically eat up whatever they throw at me. But some of that's just nostalgia. Like I like the design of the character. Like I think Mega Man looks cool. I think the Robot Masters, from almost every game, they all look really cool. Obviously, some of them look better than others. Like no, like no doubt about that. But since we're talking about it, I think that's actually one of the biggest strengths of this game is, like, the art direction, the way this game looks. Oh, yeah. I think absolutely. I, every single Robot Master, save for maybe Search Man and Grenade Man, they all look awesome. They all look super cool, all very unique. I mean, even Search Man and Grenade Man look yeah. very different Search Man's got, another. like, the two rotating heads. He looks awesome. He's holding a big He's rocket launcher. Don't hate right, on Search Man. Okay, I say, you know, like, we all have our different preferences. I think, like, I think Tangle Man looks so dope because he's, like, a flying dude that's all, he looks kind of like a Transformer, like a fighter jet that's yeah. turned into, like, a, a Transformer, like, a, like he's in, like, the robot mode. I think Clown Man looks sweet, even, like, he's, like, the, the gangly arms thing. I think he looks sweet. And, like, when you use his weakness against him, which is the tornado hold, like he gets rolled up in a ball, like his arms get all tangled up because he's got these super long arms. Like it's it's really neat, you know. Mm-hmm. And Frostman, his big hulking Frostman, uh, is really cool looking. Aquaman, like, kind of looks a little bit lame, but he has like the most charming entrance ever, where he like sprays <laughs> water in the air, and then like the rainbow that comes out says, I- "I'm Aquaman." Like it's pretty great. It is pretty cool. Yeah, looking through the pictures of all of them right now, they're they're cool. They're cool looking. And Astro Man, Astro Man is such a awesome looking character. He okay, so that boss, um, he has this one move where basically he kind of like flashes around the top of the screen, and then a bunch of meteors fall from the sky. It took me 
forever to finally figure out how to dodge that move. <laughs> so I fought I fought Astro Man so many times, like I finally figured out like how that worked because I was playing with a friend and they mentioned, oh, I think it's where they flash last. And then I was like so mad, like I'm mad that you found out <laughs> before yeah, me. Out. <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, I digress. I, I, was, I was really, really lucky to remember that he's weak to the homing sniper, uh, Searchman's uh, ability. Yeah. So I did him before Searchman's. Because I played this game a ton as a kid, I still remembered the order to do everything in. It made playing through it way easier. Way mm-hmm. easier. But yeah, I, I think this game looks really good. And like the new character, Duo, which is like, you know, the, the setup for this game. And Mega Man has never had a good story. Oh, Maybe outside- can we talk about the anime cutscenes? <laughs> Oh my god, they're so bad. Actually, you know what? Hold on. The title <laughs> screen anime is fucking dope. Yeah, like, like the one, little like, music thing. Yeah, like yeah. that one is fucking dope, and it goes back through, like, Mega Man's past, so it shows, like, you know, all the old school characters that, like, if you know anything about Mega Man, you'll realize. Like, there's Cut Man, they show, you know, Spark Man, Feral Man, you know, like, just a bunch of these other robot masters over the years all stylized anime like they look great and the song is really kind of catchy and cool and then the quality literally falls off everest like it's the worst like it's the worst mm-hmm. the anime is the worst like, the anime cutscenes. i think there's like four or five of them in the game they're yep. so bad oh yeah they're so bad i love it's just like the voice acting the guy who plays dr light he oh, he stutters a few times, like he just like, kind of like biffs his line, but they just go with the read, and they don't well, reshoot it. Well, and and like speaking of stutters, Mega Man, he stutters and has a lisp. Like he <laughs> mu- like it's it has to be the only explainable option here is that Capcom of America's president, mm-hmm. his son was like, I want to be in this game, so, <laughs> sure. Do the voice because it sounds like he's like three years old. Uh-huh. Like, it's just like it's like I'm Mega Man, hey! and, and it's and he has a slight lisp, and it and it's so there's no emotion in any of the line oh, no. reads whatsoever. It's beautiful, Zero. bad '90s yeah. anime. Yeah, it's it's really and even even for anime, it's oh yeah, really just really bad. Regardless of. Whether or not you want to play this game, just look up the opening cinematic for Mega Man 8. Do yourself a favor. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the setup of the story is evil space ghosts are, like, descending on the the planet. And the good go or the good robot that's, like, cleansing these, like, evil spirits or whatever is Duo. You find him crash-landed on this island. You go, like, fix him up. And then, like, he kind of blasts out and then, you know, aids Mega Man in trying to defeat the Robot Masters and, and cleanse these, you know, evil robot spirits. And he's got a cool cool design. His whole thing is that, like, he has a hand, like a, like a big blue hand thing that, like, lights up and fire and stuff. And he can, like, shoot beams out of it. Like, he, he's kind of cool looking. I, I kind of like his look. But that voice acting, man, I can't I can't get over it. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. So bad, but so good. So glorious. Yeah, the, the story completely doesn't matter. <laughs> no, it, zero. And you know what? It's a shame because they put Proto Man in this game. But I have zero I- idea why. Because he, you never fight Proto Man. 
Uh, like, Proto Man is, like, kind of the opposite of Mega Man. He was, like, the first version of Mega Man that's, like, his, technically Mega Man's brother, and he's usually kind of a foil to Mega Man, but, like, you know, the kind of thing where sometimes I'm your friend, sometimes I'm your enemy. But in this game, he just kind of shows up randomly, spouts off some nonsense dialogue, then disappears again. And it's like, oh, yeah, he's like in the halfway stage and he just kind of pops in and is like, hey, Mega Man, who's this guy? And then Mega Man's like, I don't know. And he's like, all right, peace. That's it. He, he, he literally teleports in, says, are you OK? What's happening? And then he teleports away again. Yeah. Like, there's zero zero reason for him to be there. And it's like, well, why'd they even bother? Like, why did they even bother? Is and this like, just early Mega Man fan service? <laughs> I, I, I gotta believe it is. But, like, but just as kind of useless as Proto Man is, they they bring in kind of the, the next level foil for Mega Man, which is uh, Base. Base and treble, so he's another. Oh, you mean robot. bass? Why must we oh, fight? It's it's the dumb. They say bass. His name's fucking bass. Like, yep, it's, so it's a bad. music it's, pun. It's, Come on. It's, it's exactly Mega Man is actually called Rock Man in Japan. So, which I think is so much rock, cooler. Re- very much so. It's Rock Man, and then Rock Man and Rush, and then there's. Base and Treble. Uh, Base is like the evil Mega Man, and then uh, Treble is like his dog, the counterpart to Rush. So like I, I've always kind of liked those characters. I think they have really cool designs, and they introduce early in the game that oh, uh, Base and Treble are you know after Mega Man or whatever. He's he's helping Doctor Wily to you know rule the world or whatever. So they show him once in the opening anime, don't really do anything with him until. Until, like, a, the, uh, a mid-stays boss. Or, no, when is it? No, you fight him in Dr. Wily's castle. That's what it is. So you fight Base and Treble in Dr. Wily's castle. And I think it's one of the cooler designs in this game, where Base and Treble fuse together, and they become, like, it's like like a super base. Ha. Um, <laughs> super base. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that boss fight, too. And, it, and it's, a cool, it's a cool little setup there, but it's, like... Okay, you're introducing these characters, but you're doing nothing with them. There's no reason for them to be fighting. They, it's just like, oh, let's just do this for doing its sake. You know, it's it never made much sense, but I like the design, so I, I'll forgive it a little bit, I guess. Well, I never we... got to that boss. Um... Oh, <laughs> how far did you make it? So you didn't finish. How far did you make it? So the first stage of... Uh, Wily's castle begins with one of those surfboard phases, which oh, is yeah. it's impossible. I hate it. There are so basically the way it moves, so it's an auto scroller, but you can still kind of like move within the screen from left to right. And basically, when you would make a jump, you can move to the screen right, and it'll like move your jump further because the screen's moving at a set rate. So if you're moving forward into it, it helps. Anyway. The end is a very difficult stage, and the very last jump you literally cannot make if you're all the way to the right of the screen. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it took me so long to beat that section. And then I beat it. I put it in the save state, thankfully. But I just, like, I beat it, so then I got to the next, like, very small section and died because I missed a grappling hook throw. And then I just put the game down. I was done. I didn't even want to, I didn't even care to, like, move on. 
You didn't even make it to the the mini boss at the end of that stage. I did not. No. Oh my god! Because honestly, that's where I almost gave up this game. Yeah. That mini boss, you you would have. I did watch um a speed run of this game afterwards because I will give Mega Man this. It does have very entertaining speed runs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like I watched the rest of Wily's Castle there. So was that the like the jar mini boss? Yeah, yeah, the whack a mole like thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's the worst. Like that, I I probably spent the most time in this game refighting that boss over and over again. It's it was so frustrating. I remember so I was playing it. I was trying to to play through the game while I was visiting my girlfriend's parents. So that we had a couple hours like downtime. Where we were just hanging out, and I said, like, okay, like I'll try to race through some of this game. And I made it through so much of this game until that boss. And that was like an hour of me playing against this stupid-ass boss. <laughs> trying Because the only way to hit this thing, you're given, at the very opening stage of this game, you're given the Mega Ball, which is basically you spawn a, a ball, almost like a soccer ball type thing, and you kick it, and it'll bounce off walls and stuff like that. It's, it's a cool little power, and, and I like that they give it to you like right at the beginning of the game, so you always have like options for attacking different stuff. But that's the only weapon that will hurt this boss. There are four segments to it, and this thing will do like a whack-a-mole thing where it'll show up in one, it'll drop things that can hurt you from the other slots, and you have to kick a ball down the lane and hit him. Too bad it moves really fast, and things get in your way. Lining up kicks are son of a bitch. <laughs> it's, it's, oh my god, it is so frustrating. So frustrating. But once I made it through that, the rest of the game was actually a pretty easy breeze for the most part. And part of the reason why this game was a breeze was a mechanic that they don't explain to it at all, that they don't even introduce it at, at all in this game. It's like, literally, you only find it by fucking around in the menus, and that's the different rush abilities. So Wait, what? <laughs> you don't even know about this so you didn't even fucking know about it it took so, me a long time to figure out you could slide in this game oh my god so Rush is Mega Man's dog and and he will help you out in certain segments of the game like he'll turn into like a little hoverboard or something or different things like that but Rush also has thing, like abilities you can call on in the stages themselves. So in the past, it'll be like things like a rush coil where you'll spawn a little rush to like teleport in and you can jump off rush and get to, to higher areas. What he does in this game, I, I can't remember all of the rush abilities, but he has a, a kind of fly over uh, and drops like uh, bombs on enemies. So he can like help you clear out a room, which is, is kind of useless. But he will also, he will also do... Uh, two different things that are super beneficial where one you spawn rush in and he throws you a random item so it could be health it could be weapon energy it could be anything uh any an extra life you know whatever there's another rush move available to you after after you i think it's like when you beat certain mid bosses it unlocks these different abilities but like the last one you unlock is rush will do a flyover of the little part of the stage that you're in it will just drop like t- seemingly like twenty different items for you. So like what? a bunch of a bunch of different health drops, a bunch of different weapon energies. So like there are parts where oh I have no life against this boss. Like I I use it against Doctor Wily. So like if I was taking too many hits in that, I would call in Rush. He drops in an obscene amount of health, and I just start picking it up. Like oh I've, I'm full life again. Mm-hmm. So. 
I could see why if you didn't even know that that existed. No. Nope. Um, yeah, so the game does not introduce it at all. You may remember when you beat certain mid-bosses, you'll pick up an item. Like, it yeah. looks like this, like, right. That's Those what that these, is? That's what that, that oh, it's the fucking. rush. I just thought it was like, because you end each boss, mini-boss, and they give you full health. I thought that was, that's what that was. Just like, okay, here's your health back. Yeah, it's honestly, Son of a I bitch. didn't realize... <laughs> I didn't realize that until I started, like, kind of piecing things together. I was like, okay, I know Rush has these different abilities, but I only have, like, two of them right now. Where the fuck did I get these? And then it's like, and then I picked one up and then went back into the pause menu. I'm like, oh, now I have three. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, they don't explain to it at all. They never even introduce that you can do it. No. You know, it's never like, it's like, hey, Mega Man, press this button and Rush will come in and help you out. Like, there's none of that. It never even introduces that to you. Right. So... The only reason I know it is because I've been playing Mega Man games for years, so I know that that's usually in the game somehow. Yeah, because you're a veteran. Um, so, yeah, that is... And honestly, it's the most needless thing the entire game, except for if you are struggling on a certain boss, it will bail you out. Mm-hmm. That's the only use it has. You know, like, there's uh, a boss in this game called the Green Devil, and the Green Devil is like this big hulking thing you probably would would recognize it more as like the yellow devil from some of the other uh Mega Man games but it's basically this big round hulking thing and it'll like shoot lasers at you and stuff but its big thing is it doesn't move it doesn't like walk towards you or anything it takes up like half the screen but it will break itself out into pieces and then like shoot itself across the other side of the stage and you have to jump and slide underneath these different pieces and then it reforms on the other side of the stage and then does its loop again. That boss can be really hard if you don't know the pattern, which I I didn't remember. So I got hit way too many times trying to get around this dude as he's transitioning to either side of the stage. So I would just be like, okay, call and rush. Here's all my life back. And then I cleared it no problem. Or... You could use Astro Man's weapon, the Astro Crush, Crush, which is like right, basically like screen clearing, hurts most bosses, uber weapon. Right, grants you invisib- invincibility for like a little bit too. Well, right, go on, let's go in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can you can abuse those iframes and uh, get around certain stuff or, or difficult bosses, and you but you only get like I think it's either like six or eight charges. Well, if you call and rush, you'll get all of that replenish as well it, it makes the game like way too easy once you realize that's there but again you have to know it's there to to do it at all because it doesn't introduce it at all to you really frustrating yeah. really frustrating is there anything else you want to talk about this game i feel like we like kind of hit basically everything mega man um, can't aim up or diagonally he can't aim up he, he definitely that's his know. biggest weakness <laughs> like, the entire time like surely this must be an upgrade you get at some point in the game nope oh Mega Man can't aim up that's that's one thing I want to talk about so um, oh the screws to get upgrades yeah 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 so uh, throughout the level it will there will be a layout of different different challenges like okay this is like a really hard jumping section but at the end is a screw or uh, hey, if you had this other weapon unlocked, you might be able to get to this you know, hidden area that has a screw in it. And then you can spend those, those screws on upgrades at like the rolls shop, which a lot of them are garbage. I'll just say it right now. Like a lot of them are not necessary at all. Mm-hmm. But the, so again, I know this because I've played this game a ton. 
you know, you save up, I think it's like seven different screws. And once you have those seven, you can go and buy, I think it's like the arrow shot, which basically gives you uh, an upgraded version of your charge shot. So when you hit something with your charge shot, it breaks up into smaller pieces and then shoots out kind of a second wave of energy that's like a spread shot that goes across the screen. It does so much more damage than your normal charge shot. In areas where there's a lot of enemies, if you just shoot one charge blast, you end up clearing out a ton of enemies because of the spread shot capabilities of it. It's, it's great. It's so good. There's other stuff that's like... You can go up ladders faster, huh? Yeah, like, crazy good power up there. I yeah, I ended up getting the um, the arrow shot when I chose my upgrade. It's probably it was it yeah. really helps. Yeah, it definitely does. And I, and I, again, I like I like that they hid some stuff in the levels so that gives you reason to go back and play old levels again. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to be a completionist, you know, other Mega Man games do it better with hiding like the the e-tanks and Mega Man X does it the best because they hide like armor pieces and sub tanks and and stuff like that so this game like tries to do something that's comparable but it's definitely not as good for me once I unlocked the arrow shot I was like okay I don't need anything else here I guess I'll just buy these other things just for fun you know it, it was never anything necessary and honestly I don't think any of the upgrades are necessary to really be successful with the game they're just nice you know it's a nice to have right which i think is like a solid way of doing upgrades yeah i agree agree like mega man games should be you should be able to beat everything in a mega man game without using a enemy weapon or at least that's the way i think they should be built i mean this game i think the the map traversal level traversal is different than like defeating the robot masters like i feel like they all should be balanced to the point where you can fight them without any upgrades, without anything, and still be able to do it and do it effectively. This game is not always great at that. I, mm-hmm. I feel like Astro Man is really hard to beat without homing sniper. Right, yeah. <laughs> I would just, use the, really... the tornado hold. and So the way the bosses work is they also get invincibility frames. Iframes, as yeah. Tony uses the industry lingo. And basically, once you do damage to them, unless you're doing a weapon that does more than like one tick of damage to them, it's gonna do... It's gonna take a while. So the tornado hold does minimum damage. So it took me a long time to chip him down, and since I didn't know the secret of dodging his main attack... It, that one took me a long time, and it's it is yeah. kind of annoying when when it kind of like takes the amount of damage you can do to a boss out of your hands. That's a little bit aggravating, but still, I think the bosses are the strongest part of this game, and I think Mega Man games in general. That's really what elevates them. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So, Jake, um, I got a feeling that you didn't love this game. I did not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like what? So, what would you give this game on your, you know, totally coherent scale of, of rating video yeah, games? Yeah, my boring person coherent scale. It's tough, because I do, like, especially going through my notes and talking with you, somebody who obviously loves Mega Man and knows this stuff, there are things I do notice, the like, genius in these games and the way the platforming is set up, especially in the later stages, is really inspired. Whew. But I just did not have fun playing this for the most part there are too many sections that are unnecessarily frustrating that really just inflates the play time screw it i'm gonna give it two energy tanks out of five 
Two energy takes out of five. Two out of five. Two respect points. Three, because I didn't like it. <laughs> three okay. taken away. Okay. okay. Sorry, well, I know. I- this one I kind of feel bad about, but it's really just not my bag, and that's really the only way I can explain it. It is a fine game. Mega Man is a fine series that is really, rightfully so, a video game institution, but it's just not for me. I totally understand, but I think that's fair. Fair point. Until I make you play another Mega Man game you one of these days, sick <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I might, I might make us replay Mega Man Legends because that game's dope as fuck. But I know you will hate that game. Oh, you're gonna hate that game so much. So look forward to that in a couple of years. Mm, can't, um, can't wait. <laughs> so I, like I said, I think this game is definitely a tier two Mega Man. It's not the worst, but it sure shit ain't the best. It should not be in the same conversation as kind of the first four. Mega Man games, like it doesn't even compare and it really doesn't even rate with the first two Mega Man X games. But the game's not terrible. I, I guess I give it like four Astro Crushes out of useless rush upgrades. <laughs> Man, you have such That's, a way with words. <laughs> that was a terrible one. Like that one doesn't even make any sense. At first, I was going to go like four Astro Crushes out of 32 homing snipers. But then I was like, you know what? That actually makes sense. That's on a numerical scale. Can't be doing that shit. <laughs> Can't be doing. It. I I don't want to <laughs> give a real. I don't want to give a real review on this kind of stuff. I feel like putting a numeric score to a rating to a game like that. It's just who am I? Like I I I do this show because I want to just talk about games that I like and play some games that I've never thought to play before. So me, me giving it a rating, it it doesn't mean anything because like my bias as a Mega Man fan is going to skew the scale here it's never going to be an honest reflection of what the game actually is so you just it might as well be arbitrary yeah could you so wise (laughs) never heard that before your age is starting to show with your with your great wisdom (laughs) my gray hair (laughs) (laughs) what hair (laughs) oh All right, well, there there goes our first double-header episode. Glad, I hope you enjoyed us talking about Guitar Hero 2 and Mega Man 8. I know I had a good time, Tony. Yes, and I, so did I. And you know what? Fans, listeners, we would love to do this again. So, you know, get your requests in. We will we will do more double-header episodes, or or we'll just do straight-up viewer requests uh, as well. So just get your, get your choices in there, and we'll start playing them. Absolutely. All right, so who's who picks the next game then? This is on you. This is on me. Mega Man Eight. I pick Mega Man Eight, so this is on you, homeboy. So there is a um, very large and well-stocked used video game store a few blocks away from me, and I was Uh walking through there because I like to go in and kind of sample or check the wares. You never know what you're going to come across, and I spotted an old PlayStation One game that I. I uh, used to play quite a bit. So, uh, something about me, I love Star Fox 64. Easily one of my favorite games. I love that play style, that genre, and especially that game. And, you know, a growing a growing lad, having retired the Nintendo 64, and um, this was actually when we had a PlayStation 2, I found a little game called Galaga Destination Earth that has sections... <laughs> Very reminiscent of Star Fox, and I played a whole bunch of it, and I found 
a nice used copy at the store, and I definitely purchased it, and we are definitely playing it for the next episode of Hey, I Like That Game. There's Galaga... What was it called? Destination Earth. <laughs> Galaga Destination Earth. <laughs> what is this game? I have never seen this in my life. Oh, yeah. Oh, my... I cannot wait to try this. This is going to be so bad. <laughs> I, yeah. I think it might be. <laughs> well, we'll find wait. out for sure next time on Hey, I Like That Game. Boom!